You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Exciting news. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at OklahomaHOF. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at Bedford's camera today. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or maybe our Instagram clips, you'll see this amazing background. This is where we are. Um, if you need camera video prints, come on down. They're a, they're a good help to me. They're, they've been great to me. And then, um, you know, they do awesome prints as well. But uh, hard drives, the works. Basically, if you need anything to do with the camera, you should come and check them out. Uh, my guest today, J.W. Peters, uh, is here. Thanks for coming down. I'm excited to dive into some of the stuff that you guys do because, as we've been talking, you know, it makes a difference. Uh, you know, you put smiles on people's faces, and it is good for the environment. Which um, some people might hear that and think, "Oh, great trees," <laughs> you know? No, it's fine. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, before we dive in, obviously, to your business, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, like, like you said, my name is J.W. Peters. I am president and co-founder of Solar Power of Oklahoma. We've been in business about three and a half years. Uh, I'm married and have three kids and a fourth child living with me right now. So uh, we live up in Edmond and our offices are over off uh, Broadway and Wilshire. Mm -hmm. So my partner and I, Kevin, we started Solar Power of Oklahoma about three and a half years ago. We were actually uh, recruited or asked to start installing for an out-of-state company Mm -hmm. out of Texas. Yeah. And so we... uh, said, yeah, we'll kind of figure this out. And so we jumped in and started installing solar and actually loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that, that we could kind of get up every day and put a smile on our face and, and yeah. that we enjoyed doing. Now, we learned really quickly that the company we were installing for was not the uh, the best of character. And so we kind of decided, hey, we got to make a decision real quick. Yeah. Do we want to just kind of fold this up and kind of go back to construction, which is what we were doing before? Or do we want to figure out a way to make this work? And mm-hmm. we kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, we're going to make this work. And so... That was kind of where the journey started about three and a half years ago. Um, Fast forward to now, we've installed over 1,200 systems all over the state of Oklahoma. I've got two install crews here in Oklahoma City, and we're probably going to add a third up in Tulsa here really quickly. And um, I've got six solar advisors that kind of circle the state that kind of share with people about uh, what we do and how we do it. And um, yeah, so kind of in a nutshell, that's kind of who we are and what we do. Right, yeah. So you live in Edmond. Do you grow up in Edmond? No, well, my wife did. Yeah. Uh, My wife actually graduated from Edmond Santa Fe High School. And um, we met when we were at school at Oklahoma State. I uh, I actually graduated high school in Bartlesville, mm-hmm. and then uh, quickly moved uh, to Stillwater to, to have go to a great and, time. Exactly. Yeah, I love Stillwater. My yeah. parents actually still live there, so it's it's uh, it's definitely has a, a fond place in yeah. my heart. Uh, did you go to OSU to play any sports, or was it purely academic and fun as well? Yeah, so it was it, it was purely fun. Mm-hmm. The academics kind of were were there on the tail end of it, but no, actually. Um, 
went to start out in architecture and still have a, a bunch of good architecture buddies yeah. in the city. Um, but but really quickly learned that I didn't really want to sit behind a computer or sit behind a desk every day. So mm-hmm. transferred into civil engineering uh, to where I quickly met a bunch of guys in construction management. And mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that construction management degree even existed. I thought it was like school of hard knocks. And, right. you know, you go out there and you put a hard hat on and you go swing a hammer. But uh, so quickly found construction management, transferred into that, loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, worked for Manhattan for several years, started my own company uh, back in 2006 and had that for, for about 11 years before mm-hmm. I kind of shut that down. I went to work uh, with Kevin uh, over at Solar Power of Oklahoma. So really, that's kind of, that's yeah. kind of my story. Yeah. So so obviously, like when you got into, you know, doing the, the construction stuff and to, to have your own company for 11 years, you know, you make all these relationships and, you know, when that other company reached out to you, clearly you've been on their radar for doing, you know, you don't put in 10 plus years of work and not stand out, right? No, I, you know, we we loved what we did uh, before. We did a lot of downtown, midtown, bricktown renovation mm-hmm. stuff, and um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, and it was a lot of headaches, yeah. too. And uh, kind of being given the opportunity to kind of, like, remove myself from that and actually mm-hmm. go into something that we kind of believed in and thought that was kind of the way of the future. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said a little bit ago, like we're, we didn't do it for the environmental reasons. Uh, we're happy mm-hmm. that it's good for the environment, but we did it because we saw the economics. We saw our customers saving money yeah. on their bills month after month. And when you really kind of started to crunch the numbers, you're like, wow, like this is this is something big. And, mm-hmm. and most people just don't even know anything about it. So how do we tell that story sure. and get more and more people involved? Yeah, that's definitely something as, you know, being a real estate agent and, and in the industry, like something that I don't think I've sold a house yet with, you know, or even looked at a house with solar power on it. Because like you said, it's such an educational barrier, right? People think, oh, it's super expensive. It's not worth it. It's going to take me years and years to recoup my money. I'm not going to live in the house for so long. And all these questions that come up, which thankfully you guys have answers for. Um, so you know, doing the construction stuff, then like you said, you and you and your partner, Kevin, get into doing solar power. Um, what I mean was it literally like yes we're going to do this decision like how quick did you make that decision to do it after seeing the numbers and stuff yeah so we I mean we had been in it so our our main business was just installing sure. right we they had somebody else that was here in this in Oklahoma City and they were selling systems and mm-hmm. we were going out and looking at them and ordering the equipment and installing everything and and it started out with. Kevin and I and two helpers. I mean, literally, we're the yeah. ones on the roof, like installing the systems, doing the whole thing, and um, kind of quickly kind of grew that out to where our crew was doing the installing and we were doing all the planning. And, um, you know, it, w- when you kind of are doing work for somebody that you don't really uh, kind of want to stand behind, sure. you got to kind of decide, look, do I want to go do this ourselves? And uh, to be honest, neither one of us really had a sales background. I mean, yes, we had construction companies and yes, we uh, knew what it was like to, to do good work and be able to get work from other people, but to really kind of go out there and have like a sales organization, that was totally new for us. Yeah. And uh, we took the we we took the idea that, look, we just want to be honest with people. We want to come in and give them all that, the information that they need to make an educated decision. And if they choose to move forward, great. Yeah. If they don't, well, at least we've educated them. And, and if they've got somebody else that's thinking about it, mm-hmm. hopefully they tell them about us. And so our approach is a very consultative approach. Um, by no means are we coming in and knocking on your door and staying in there yeah. for five hours until you sign a contract. Typical, yeah. not your door-to-door sales well, people I mean, and, hate answering the door to. You know, and, and I'll be honest, like we have to fight that stigma because right. 
those companies are here in Oklahoma already. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not Oklahoma companies. They're coming from Arkansas, and they're coming from Louisiana and yeah. from Texas. And um, for them, it's a cash grab, right? Like, this is new technology. Um, they can charge like higher prices for it, and mm-hmm. the people that want to get in are going to get in. But for us, this is a long-term play. Sure. Edmund, I mean, uh, Kevin and I both live up in Edmond, and like we want to be able to hand this down to our kids yeah, yeah, and yeah. grandkids. And so for us, we're like, look, we're just going to do what's right every time, mm-hmm. and we're going to make sure that we are giving people all the information that they need to make an educated decision. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just by kind of doing that and kind of you know being – being on the community and sharing about it, um, I'm on the board of the Oklahoma Solar Association and the Oklahoma Renewable Energy Council. Mm-hmm. So I get the opportunity to go out and kind of share with people what it means right. and uh, kind of why they ought to be looking at it. I mean, keep in mind, we're an oil and gas state. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And Heavy. so yeah. and so you've got people all the time that are on our Facebook page that are just haters about like, I can't believe that you caused all the all the blackouts and, and all this other stuff, which isn't true. But, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just misinformation. People yeah. just don't understand. And, and and, you know, we could be upset about it and say, oh, well, we don't want to do work for you. But the truth is they just don't know. Right. And so for us, we just want to get out there and share the truth about what's going on and let people make a decision. Because yeah. when they hear what it'll do for you, all of a sudden their eyes kind of light up and they're like, really? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you got to fight that stigma, too, and you get over that, right? And then it's typical old boy syndrome, isn't it? It's like, you know, but they, I mean, they hate the wind turbines, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, right? And it's like everybody's, you know, when uh, when Biden, like, stopped the—, the uh, the pipeline, you know, sure. we got all people like hitting our Facebook page. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that we're stopping the pipeline yeah. because of nothing about because it. of renewable energy. Yeah. And that's like, no, that's not really why. So, guys, right? Like, please do your research. Yes. I'm sure you get a lot of that stuff. For sure. Too. Um, so, when you dive in, you see the numbers. You start, um, you know, you open your open the door to your own company and and start doing stuff like that. I assume the first houses you had were your own. So actually, no. Um, Kevin, my partner, he's he's getting ready to do a system in his house. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm totally covered with trees, oh, and okay. so I've got I've got a lot of shading issues. But what I'm hoping to be able to do is do uh, kind of a, an outdoor kitchen area. Sure. And when I do that, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to put solar yeah, on yeah. that right then. So so if someone calls you up and is like, hey, I want I guess uh, educate me in cons- you know consultation or whatever, you know. Tell me, talk, take me through the process. How does all that work? For sure. So, you know, what we will normally do is we'll normally kind of come into somebody's home and really be able to kind of look at their environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's look at your roof. Like, do you have shading issues? You know, can your electric system um, handle yeah. this? Like, is, is, do you have a really old electric panel or do you have a newer electric panel? Um, you know, which way does your roof face? Because... You know, our solar panels only produce the same amount of electricity. Mm-hmm. Now, it depends on which way they're facing, at what angle they are. Sure. And so we've got to be able to look at somebody's environment and say, okay, we can put panels here and it'll produce this much. Mm-hmm. And then we can get to what the cost would be and then show people what the return on investment is. But where we normally start is we normally start with people um, understanding how much they're paying currently for electricity. Sure. And so, you know, the average Oklahomans pays, pays about $150 a month for their electric bill. And what, they, what a lot of people don't realize is that the national average increase is 3.4%. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we, we literally show people what that means for them long term because our systems come with a 25-year warranty, but they're going to last for 30-plus years. Right. So what we do is we look and we say, okay, do you realize that that $150 a month payment will be 
$415 a month in 30 years. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you'll spend a total of $93,000 yeah. in electricity. So it's kind of like when you look at it from that angle and you're like, yeah, our systems aren't sure. cheap, but we can normally get somebody into a system that's financed at 0.99% right. at or below what they're already paying for their electricity. So it's kind of like, do you want to just have that expense that you're paying every single month? Yeah. Or do you want to invest in your energy future? Because at the end of that term, uh-huh. you own it. And yeah. at that point, you're not paying anything for it. Right. Do you get, so, so a lot of people say to you, you know, you know, like one of the things that comes up obviously is I'm not going to be living in my house very long. And most of your customers and clientele older then that they're going to, they're kind of in there forever home or they know they're going to be there for a while. You know, that that's definitely one of the questions that yeah. we always have with our customers is, hey, how long do you anticipate being here? Um, if our customers are like, look, there's no way I'm going to be here for more than five years. Mm-hmm. Then we tell them, look, this might not be right for you right now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not, because actually um, having solar on your home, there's, there was a national study done in uh, 2018, and they looked at 12.8 million homes that had solar. And those sol- those homes that had solar, they had an increased value of about 4.1%. Yeah. Which is a so, decent amount of you know, money. So $15,000 yeah. $15 to $20,000 on yeah. average is really kind of what they found. And gotcha. so when you really kind of take that and kind of put that into perspective, and then you also pair it with the fact that right now there's a 26% federal tax credit. Okay. So whatever you pay you're going to get a 26% federal tax credit to apply to your tax liability. So if you've already paid in all of your taxes for the year and you you put that on top of it, then you're going to get a refund for that 26%. So when you look at it that way, when you look at, you know, the money that you're getting back in the tax credit and the fact that it's going to add value to your home, it really, it doesn't take a, a long time to be able to kind of recoup what that cost is yeah, going to be. Yeah. When you go and you search for clients then based on like that, I guess that those numbers, do you kind of start at the higher end of homes then rather than like your average, I mean, what's Yukon right now in the 200s or maybe, you know, rough low to average price of a house in Yukon, for example, would be, I think it's just over 200 maybe. Mm-hmm. And those people probably aren't going to be there for five to seven years, maybe yeah. before they move. Might be a first home, for example, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Well, so that, that's the interesting thing. Like, if people ask us, hey, like, what's that perfect client for you? Yeah. Right? Well, really, anybody that owns their home sure. is that perfect yeah. client. But you definitely have a good point where if, if it's somebody that's in their forever home or they're kind of settled and they know they're going to be there for a while, yeah, that's definitely a much better candidate. Um, but we're seeing people all the time that are that are wanting to go ahead and even though they might only be there for 10 years or 12 years. I read a study that said that, that even people that think they're going to move quickly or, or normally in their house for 12 years. Yeah. Well, at 12 years, it's definitely worth it. Right. I mean, you definitely will be able to recoup your money yeah. um, on on that investment. Yeah. Right, normal, the normal return on investment on a system is about 10 years. Okay. So, I mean, for, yeah, for example, like I said, if, I mean, if, if someone like for me, like we growing up in the UK that out here, everyone moves a lot sooner. Like I, I mean, I moved out here when I was 21. I lived in two houses my entire life. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas out here, it's like, you know, we could ask anybody and they've probably lived in seven houses and they're like mid forties or whatever. <laughs> um, so the back of the process, when you come out and you look at shading and, I mean, what is like pitches a roof are different, obviously where your roof faces, like what is the best way for someone's roof to face? I mean, 
I'm sure people listening, I have no idea what that, the answer to that question is. So so the optimal azimuth, the optimal direction is 181 degrees south. Okay. So literally just due south. And the optimal angle is 30 degrees. Okay. And so if you're at 181 degrees south at 30 degrees, that's going to produce best over the entire year. Mm -hmm. Now you see these these systems, these utility grade systems that have these trackers, right? And to where it'll it'll face the east in the morning and it faces the west at night. Well, obviously if you put some type of motion in it, you can get a better production out of mm-hmm. it. But if it's a fixed, um, if it's a fixed tilt system, yeah, due south at thirty degrees is is the optimal angle. And mm-hmm. I'd say probably about thirty percent of our customers they opt to do a ground mount system. Okay, so they actually like mount it on poles out in their yard or or on their farm or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and so at, at that point, um, they can actually get the optimal uh, yeah. the optimal angle and the optimal capture of that production. So, so when you install it, if it is on on a pole in the backyard, if mm-hmm. you install it, can they uninstall it, take it to the new house, or is it just locked in? And no, I mean, is that you, you, you definitely can. I mean, really, it, a ground mount system is probably the easiest sure. system to kind of take with you yeah. and go somewhere else. Um, we've had two situations to where people had bought homes, I mean, bought systems from us, and they needed to sell their homes. One had was being transferred and one had lost their job. And so they were, they had been, uh, they had bought a system from us. We have an independent financing company that finances yeah. these systems. And so they needed to be able to get out of the loan and be able to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had met with their realtor and they had talked to him about what, yeah. what they needed to get out of it. And the realtor's like, look, this is, this isn't worth anything mm-hmm. like this. I'm sorry, but like, this just isn't going to yeah. give you any more value. Yeah. And so I said, look, give me their names and numbers. And I picked up the phone and I called them. And I was able to explain to them kind of, you know, what was the customer spending before on electricity? Mm-hmm. And what were they spending after we had installed that system? Yeah. And kind of showed them what that value was. And uh, in both cases, they raised their listing price to be able to cover the remaining portion of the loan. Uh, one of the customers I know for sure got asking price yeah. because it was somebody that wanted solar. Right. And so they were able to get asking price at a price for what it needed to. So they were able to kind of, yeah. you know, uh, fulfill that loan. The other person, he wouldn't tell me exactly what he got. But what he did tell me was at the end of the day, he was happy yeah. with with how it ended up. Sure. So, you know, I, you know, we definitely look for people that are going to be in their homes um, kind of long term yeah. or at least for five to 10 years. Yeah. But it doesn't always happen. That sure. Way. I mean, from like from a real estate agent's perspective, like you kind of the way I'm kind of thinking of it now is like when someone's got a pool, right, it adds value to their house for the most part. When someone has solar, it's clearly looking that way, right? That's mm-hmm. how, how you should view it. If you've got clients coming in or if you're trying to sell it, that's how you should explain it. Because like I said, when you show those numbers, you know, hang on, this is already installed too, which I mean, paying for it in a loan is much easier, right? When for you're sure. buying a house because well, you don't that, think because, about it. You know, then your then your interest is tax deductible mm-hmm. and everything else. And so yeah. it definitely makes sense to buy a home that has it so that that way mm-hmm. you're able to put it into your into your first mortgage. Yeah. Tell me about like the solar panels themselves. Like you mentioned like there's ground ones, but also obviously the, the majority of people will see the ones on roofs. Mm-hmm. Are they kind of just different sizes? Like what you know, what are they like? So Really, for the most part, the the footprint of the panels themselves <clears throat> are all about the same. They're okay. about 15 square feet a piece. Now, um, our average size system, there's probably going to be between, you know, 15 and 25 mm-hmm. of those panels on your roof. Um, 
we definitely try to put it on the south side of the roof. West is second best. East is third best. Um, if somebody tries to put them on the north side of your house, run because <laughs> it's just um, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not taking money from you. Yes, it's, yeah. it's just not going to produce the way right. that that it, that it needs to. So, you know, the, the solar panels, like I said, they're about fifteen square feet. Um, you have a couple different variations of kind of mm-hmm. what they look like, but essentially, it's a it's a metal frame with a with a piece of glass on top of it with yeah. solar panels underneath it and. And um, most of the ones that we're installing now are all black on black. So they really kind of, you know, um, if you will, kind of uh, blend in sure. with, with kind of weathered wood shingle uh, yeah. that most people have. And so it, it's... N- doesn't look like a giant UFO system. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, landed. you know, and, and, and the older panels where they had... Uh, kind of white film behind mm-hmm. it, right? You kind of saw that checkerboard. And now they're really kind of more of a consistent yeah. kind of black color. Yeah. And uh, and they, I, I think they look really good. Yeah. So uh, obviously Oklahoma weather is very, very unpredictable or some, some weather people would say it is very predictable, but it's just, <laughs> it changes a lot. Uh, I mean, we've obviously recently gone through an ice storm, multiple ice storms, and obviously tornado season is looming and crazy wind and stuff like that. Yep. What is it? Is this like the worst state to, to try and sell this stuff in because of those questions? Or, or is it, I mean, assuming these obviously are very durable, they come the warranty, they take hail and all that stuff. But what is that like selling in a state like Oklahoma? Oh, no, people I mean, we, yeah, we, we get people all the time like, like, there's no way that this can, can withstand. Yeah. the hail that we get in Oklahoma. And, you know, I tell people all the time that they are not indestructible. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get, you know, grapefruit size hail, yeah. which I did one time, our house in Quail Creek that we had, literally this hail went went through our roof and broke the tile floor in the kitchen. So, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, we've yeah. seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, that's going to go directly through that solar panel. Right. Um, but the way that they're engineered is they're engineered to withstand one-inch hail at 50-mile-an-hour winds. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that um, design is so important is because that's what your asphalt shingled roof is engineered to sure. withstand. So it doesn't make sense to have a panel that's going to that's right. going to withstand more hail than what your roof is because your yeah. roof's going to have to be replaced. And if your roof's replaced, we have to come out and take the system off, put it back on. Sure. We did that about 22 times last year. Um, I'll knock on wood. Knock on wood. We, yeah. we've, we've installed uh, 1,200 systems kind of all over the state, and not mm-hmm. one single solar panel is broke because of hail. Yeah. Um, I know that it's going to happen at some point. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, our racking that we actually use, that we that we attach it to the, the roof of the home, it can withstand 150 miles an hour winds yeah and we all know that we get high winds um but i actually have seen pictures um in areas where tornadoes have come through and ripped off sections of homes that have the solar panels still attached to them and it's just laying on the ground so i mean it's one of those things where it's definitely really well engineered and that was part of the reason why we were you know so in tune and wanting to get involved in this because here's a technology that it's proven. It works. It saves people money. All of the all of the questions that people have about it, there are actually answers and and, yeah. and ways to be able to figure out whether or not it really works. But we've clearly it makes sense. Oh yeah, we've we love it. It's yeah. awesome. So when you did have to take like the the ones off for people replacing their roof, is that like an insurance thing that's covered when they you know when you sell the initial package? I think all but two of them were. Yeah. Um, covered by the homeowner's insurance, and mm-hmm. so uh, when we 
when we make contract with the utility company, so we help all of our customers actually change their rate plans mm-hmm. into a solar plan. Yeah. And so when they do that, the utility companies normally want the homeowner to to uh, provide proof that they have homeowner's insurance and that sure. their homeowner's insurance understands that they have a power generation system. Yeah. Um, about 50% of the time, it doesn't change our customers' premiums at all. Mm-hmm. Um, about the other 50% of the time, it changes about 50 to to $100 a year. Mm. So when you're really kind of looking at overall what it's doing to your monthly premium, yeah. it's barely changing it, but our customers are seeing huge savings. I right. mean, I told you, you know, if you look at $150 a month, you're going to spend $93,000. Yeah. Well, most of our customers are actually going to save about 65% of that money if they end yeah. up purchasing a solar sure. generation system. It's a huge chunk of money. Huge chunk of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $50,000, $60,000. Yeah. Over what, 10, you say 10 years? 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's that's a new car, you know? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've, I talk about weather. We obviously had the ice storm last year. Uh, I was without power for like three days. It sucked. And I'm sure many other people were as well. Uh, so you guys who, 1,200 homes that you installed, they still had power, I assume. No, they didn't. Okay, and Why and that's that? and that's an important thing to to be able to yeah. to to point out. So the systems that we install, ninety five percent of the systems that we install are what are called grid tied systems. Ah, okay? okay. So our systems, we mount them to your roof, or we we put them in your yard. We tie mm-hmm. all of that power uh, into your electric panel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that system is when the sun's out, it's producing really well. Um, on a day like today, where the sun's out and it's yeah. shining bright. Our customers are producing about three times what they need. What they need right then at that moment. Sure. So you utilize one third of that. The other two thirds of it goes back into your panel and back through your meter mm-hmm. and back onto the grid. Ah, uh, okay. It's called a grid tied system. Sure. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. The the utility meter is able to keep track of those credits. Right. Okay. So then the sun goes down. You're cooking and doing the dishes and all those things and you're using power. Well, you're using those credits mm. that you banked up during the day. And so that's what's called net metering. And so with the net metering system, um, the utilities allow us to put that power back onto the grid. Gotcha. But if the grid goes down, our systems have to go down. Okay. Because you're it, tied in. Because we're tied in, right? Yeah. And so if it's a sunny day and it's producing power and the lineman shows up to work on that on yeah. that line and they get fried, yeah. well, then, you know, that's, that's not going to be sure. any good. So, you know, grid-tied systems or net metering systems um, really probably started about 15, 20 years in kind of other parts mm-hmm. of the country. And uh, when they realized that they could do that, it was able to essentially eliminate batteries. From the system, so right. you didn't have to store your power anymore, mm-hmm. which was really kind of the expensive part of it. Yeah. So with these new net metering systems, you're you're able to eliminate the cost of the battery, which is about half the cost of the system, sure. and uh, and just be able to put that power back onto the grid. Yeah. Now we definitely have customers that talk to us all the time, and that's definitely the first misconception they have. Yeah. So. So like, I'm going to be just my house. It's like, up I am Christmas ready tree. right now. <laughs> and, you know, we had that ice yeah. storm. What was that? Probably three, four months ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, and literally our phones are ringing off the hook. Well, at that time we had just became, we had just become certified with Tesla. Okay. And so, so we're installing, uh, Tesla power walls and Tesla charging stations. Okay. And so we actually put some advertisement out there to say, Hey, look, there is a way to be able to do this. Yeah. You do have to buy these Tesla, you know, power walls yeah. to, 
to be able to, you know, uh, yeah. kind of, you know, be with power when the grid's down, but there is a way to do it. It just costs money to be yeah. able to do it. Tell me about that. How, how did that all come about with the whole Tesla thing? You know, um, what Tesla does really, really well, or really what they did really well in the beginning was mm-hmm. build batteries. Yeah. I mean, really, they did a really good job, and that's what kind of, you know, springboarded kind of the mm-hmm. cars. And so when they did that and they realized that, then they started creating these backup power sources or yeah. even these power sources to be able to shed load. Mm-hmm. So let's say the utility uh, rates go higher when there's more of a demand, you can literally switch over to your power wall and run off your power wall. So, yeah. we, you know, we knew that we wanted to be involved with that. We had talked to the folks at, at Tesla and um, Kevin, my partner, and three of our other guys went to class and literally uh, got trained in how to be able to install those, what yeah. to do. They went down to Austin and kind of got it all figured out. And um, so about four months ago, we became a, a Tesla certified installer. Yeah. Now, now we probably install four Tesla charging stations a week. Really? Yeah. Just like dotted around or at homes? Yeah, at homes. Yeah. yeah. So like literally they're, people are buying new cars and they call us all the time and they're like, I just got the call. Yeah. They're delivering my car on Wednesday. Can you come over and install a yeah. charging station so that I've got a way to be able to power my car? Sure. Yeah. That's really cool. I yeah. think, I mean, I I love cars, right? Like I'm a car fan. I've been a car fan my entire life. I grew up watching the original Top Gear. Like. The whole engine sound for me is what makes, you know, when I came to the States, it was like I'd never seen a muscle car before, right? So I was like, this is sick, you know, like Mustang and all the rest of it. Now everything's normal and, you know, truck drives by and I'm just like, I, I don't move anymore. But before I was like, whoa, that sounds super loud. And it's mm-hmm. a guy with a V8 has an exhaust. Cool. Uh, what is the kind of like, are you like totally on the EV side as well for cars as well? Or are you a car guy like me? You know, so, so here's the thing, like I, uh, I like the technology yeah. behind the EV. Um, I, uh, I I watched a uh, it was a TED Talk type mm-hmm. Robin Hood presentation, and the guy talks about how EVs are going to be kind of the next disruptive technology, sure. right? Like how you know it went from horse and buggy to you know the Model A yeah. in ten years, and and really it was all driven mm-hmm. based off of cost. Yeah. And so now you look at it, and you've got you know, EV cars that'll go 300,000 miles that cost less than $40,000 before you know what everybody's going to be doing. I mean, all of the yeah. major manufacturers have said by, Whatever you know, year, 2030, yeah. 2035, like all of our vehicles mm-hmm. are going to have that electric vehicle option. Right. And um, it just, again, I, I think it's driven by the economics. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't think there's anything we can do to stop it. Right. And so... If you've ever ridden in a Tesla, I mean they're cool. Yeah, it I is mean, cool. I mean, just the acceleration that it has and all the other stuff and just the technology. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait to be able to get in the car and hit a button and drive to Tulsa, and I'm not holding on to the steering wheel. See that 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 is what I'm I'm on board for that, right? Because I when I'm driving and I'm like, I mean, the amount of people that die from texting and driving and, and all that stuff, like this, that needs to stop ASAP. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I totally with you with like just sitting there, and I mean, we can actually work when we drive to Tulsa or whatever it is, right? Like it's. It's getting to do that stuff, um, and I totally get it. With with you know, we drive. I think a, a lot as a as a state. I think as a nation, and you know, we spend thousands of miles on the road, right? Whereas public transport is not very good or not accessible. I mean, you get in the car to go to the grocery store. It's a mile down the road, kind of thing, too. <laughs> 
but it does make sense for for you know someone who just drives 10 miles to work every day and back or 20 miles to work every day and back right you're not going to drive to Tulsa and back very often on in an EV car yet uh, hopefully but yeah I think it is making sense and and I just hope the value of cars hopefully I'll buy a nice sports car with a nice sounding petrol engine in it and then the value of it's going to go through the roof one day because everyone everyone's driving EVs but. well and I and I think what you're going to see is you're going to see um, you're going to see vehicle as a service yeah you're going to see when, when you have autonomous driving cars mm-hmm. you know think about it how many how long does your car sit in the garage or sit in the driveway or sit in the parking lot and not yeah. being used and right if, if you can you know service everyone's needs and have one fourth of the vehicles out there and you're just paying a service instead of you know to have to have right. that investment kind of sitting there depreciating yeah i think that the again the economics are going to drive that mm-hmm. yeah so back to solar power um you know, obviously, uh, you know, start of the year, where are we in March right now? Or when this goes out, we'll be in March. What's kind of the goals for the rest of the year? And then how many houses? You guys cover the entire state, right? We do. We, we cover the entire state. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody that's that's interested in kind of talking to us, they'll normally either fill out a form online or call into our office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shauna or Morgan will pick up the phone and kind of run them through a few questions just to kind of see initially whether sure. it seems like solar is going to be right for them. Uh, I tell people all the time that solar is not right for everyone, but mm-hmm. it is for most. Yeah. And so if somebody has... Um, uh, if they're on a limited income or if their house is covered in trees mm-hmm. or they have an HOA that doesn't allow it. I mean, all of those things are definitely factors sure. as to whether or not it makes sense. But they'll kind of run through a few questions. And then if they both agree that it's something that would make sense, mm-hmm. then we schedule an appointment with one of our guys and they, they come out and kind of take a look at your roof and do all those things. Yeah. Look at your electric bill because the three things that matter is kind of the environment, kind of like where where's it going to be installed yeah. and what's it going to look like? Uh, what is your rate plan? Like who's your utility and what does your rate plan look mm-hmm. like? Because there's like 70 different utilities all over, all over the state and all of their rate plans for solar are a little bit different. Yeah. So we have to know all of that and be able to calculate that, that and be able to kind of give you some return <laughs> yeah. on investments and things like that. So, you know, really those are the things that we're kind of looking at to determine, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not solar is right for someone. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll come out, we'll educate you on what it looks like. Um, let you know how much you're going to be spending on electricity, mm-hmm. let you know, uh, the size of the system that you would need, how much it would cost. If you wanted to finance it, what the payments would be, what the return on investment would be. And then we just let people make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty easy. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to talk to their tax consultants or talk to their preacher or whatever they might yeah. want to do to be able to make a decision. And we're great with that. Uh, we'll make sure that we kind of follow up and, yeah, and yeah. talk to them. But yeah, it's that's what, kinda... what is I guess the average price of a system? It goes on obviously per square of the per, per square foot of the home size, right? Well, see, that's actually what what people think, and that's yeah. not really the case okay. because you know you might have uh, a neighborhood to where you've got a family of six across the street, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've just got kids bouncing off the walls. They leave the lights on all the time, but you've got this. Sweet little old lady next door who lives by herself with her cat that keeps her air conditioning in 80 degrees during the summer, right? Yeah. Their consumption is going to be totally different. Sure. And so we tell people all the time that it's it's not really about your square footage or the efficiency of your home. It's just yeah. it's really just based on what does your electric bill look like? Gotcha. How much do you consume? Mm-hmm. And so what our advisors will do, kind of before we even come to an appointment, is we'll ask that we'll ask our potential customers to send us a copy of their electric bill. Sure. 
there's a little graph on almost every bill that'll show kind of what your consumption is mm-hmm. over that year. And so we can take that, plug it into our software, yeah, yeah. build the home, put the panels on it, and figure out kind of where we'll get. Gotcha. Most people in Oklahoma that have gas heat, yeah. um, their consumption uh, looks like looks like a parabolic spike, right? It's like in the summers it's super high, winters it's super low. Two weeks ago it was through the roof. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so I, I got the email yeah. yesterday from OG&E saying that they that they spent a billion dollars in natural gas, which was more than they spent Jeez. all of all of last year. It's insane. So anyway, so our our guys will will look at that and we'll figure out what your consumption curve looks like. Mm-hmm. And then we match our production curve, right? Okay. So our production curve is going to look like a Cheshire moon. Yeah. Okay. Because it really, um, it reflects the hours of daylight that we have. Yeah, yeah. So obviously in the summer, right? So summer solstice is the best. Like that's when we're producing the most. Winter solstice is when we're producing the least. Mm-hmm. There's some cloud factors in there too. But for the most part, our production looks like a Cheshire moon. So we kind of have to take that and kind of match that up to see, okay, what's the best system size? Because if we take, if we take that and put it at the peak, right? Yeah. Well then we're overproducing like nine, 10 months out of the year. And if we overproduce right now in Oklahoma, the way that the, the legislation and the rate plans work, you only get the wholesale value of that power. They only give you credits for the wholesale of that if at the end of the month you overproduced. So what we do is we size our systems about 70 to 80% yeah. of your yearly consumption. And that gets us right kind of in that sweet spot to where you might be overproducing a little bit in March and April, mm-hmm. right? But then you're almost zeroed out um, for the winter months. Sure. But then your summer months, there's probably two, three months there that yes, you have a higher electric bill, but yeah, it's yeah. probably half or even less than than what it is there. So if you really kind of look at it overall for the year, it's about an 80% cost savings. That's awesome. JW, mate, I really appreciate you coming in. It means a lot. Um, You know, I'm excited to to learn more about it. Like me, I'm a total novice. I know nothing about it, but I just think it looks cool, right? And you you get the idea of it and you think, oh, yeah, sure, I don't want to pay you know i don't pay more for my electric why does this not make sense right i mean the sun's in the sky for a reason and there's power <laughs> coming from it That's um right. so for everyone listening where can they go to to reach out and get involved get a quote that stuff like that yeah for sure so um definitely a good place to get some information is our website that's www.solarpowerok.com mm-hmm. or they can just call the office and that number is 405-608-0095 awesome well again mate thanks for coming in i really appreciate it and for everyone listening i'll post that phone number and the links down below in the description so you can go right to it uh you guys on social media too right we are we're on facebook instagram linkedin all of the above all of the above i think yeah well again thanks for coming in and for everyone listening we'll catch you next episode cheers this podcast was presented by the oklahoma hall of fame who've been telling oklahoma's story through its people since 1927 follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on instagram at Oklahoma HOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.